It's not the church that bothers me, it's church culture. I don't have a problem with the gospel, I have a problem with the church. These are some things that you might have heard somebody say, one of your friends at church. Is this an accurate description of what's going on, or is there a better way to look at it? This is what we're going to be discussing today on the Perfectly Honest Podcast. Perfectly Honest Podcast, Welcome back to the Perfectly Honest Podcast, where we talk about marriage, family, and our testimonies of Jesus Christ. I'm Kiana. And I'm Michael. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I made a mistake today. What? I let Coleman run around with his diaper off, and he peed straight into the hole of our ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really funny, though, because we were trying to like introduce him to instruments, and yeah, I guess for whatever reason, you were thinking, let's do it with him naked. <laughs> <laughs> he was just bothered by his diaper. I was trying to help a brother out. <laughs> yeah, it it that was that was pretty funny. If I'm being perfectly honest, I uh, had a mo- an emotional roller coaster today. <laughs> oh yeah, there was that too. <laughs> yeah, so it's just uh, I think just sometimes with school, you're just like, should I be doing this or should I be out like out hiking the woods, you know? But um, uh, it ended out on a really uh, good note. Yeah. And uh, I think the reason for that is because of family for me. Totally. Yeah. Had a good call with your parents. Had a good call with my parents. Uh, had a really good evening with uh, Coleman and Kiana. So yeah. it, it was just great. It was awesome. Today on the Perfectly Honest Podcast, we're going to be talking about church culture, which um, this might get into some controversy here. Um, but we hope that you guys take it as just as lighthearted as it is because this isn't like a top pressing issue but we thought this might be a really good thing to talk about because sometimes we just someone says a catchphrase and then we all just start saying going along with it because it kind of resonates uh with us in some way um but we we just want to discuss like how accurate is this phrase and and just like i said at the beginning of the podcast people have said like, I don't have a problem with like this aspect of the church, but I do have a problem with church culture mm-hmm. or the people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted to give some of my combative or co- combative ideas to that mm-hmm. idea today. And uh, we just wanted to have a discussion about that. Totally. Well, it's funny because Michael came to me with this topic where he's like, oh, it just bothers me when people like say this. And I'm like, oh, I know I have definitely said that before. I think I've said it too. Where like you're going to bear your testimony or like you're at a testimony meeting and it bothers you. Well, this is what would bother me when people would be like, Oh, I know the church is true. I'm like, how could you say that? The gospel is true. And like the book of Mormon is true. How could you say the church is true? It's made of made up of imperfect people. But Michael's explained to me so many times, like the church, the church's organization is perfect. And that's because God created it and restored it in this way. Right. And when we're talking about the organization, we're not mm-hmm. talking about like in every uh, every little way. Like when they, sometimes there's callings that are created and sometimes they go away. Yeah. You know, but, but we're talking about in the largest sense, which is basically God said, hey, I want a prophet. Mm-hmm. I want a first presidency. I want the Quorum of the Twelve. And that actually took a little bit of time to to form, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, it it created this this perfect net or this perfect system 
to run the rest of the imperfect parts of the church. And the reason that the church is imperfect is because of us. Yeah. Right. To be human is to err. What is that little right. quote? Yeah. To And, and even uh, all the leaders of the church that, you know, like this is the life for us to to become perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So God is doing the best that he can with us and he needs to allow us to live our life and be human. Yeah. So just want to get that kind of out of the way that like the church organization is like, we're not, we're not really going into this about like, oh, well, what about this one calling that like created issues or like, mm-hmm. what about that Relief Society president that said this? It's like, okay, we get that those are some, some things, right? Mm-hmm. But we're just going to allow for human error. Yes. So church culture, what it, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that phrase? So the first thing that comes to my mind is like church bubbles. Okay. So when we talk about like the Utah bubble, the Provo bubble, mm-hmm. oh, you know, and people in Provo who maybe grown up there be like, it doesn't exist. Okay, it does. Come on. <laughs> there's little bubbles and there's a California bubble. There's a bubble in... Uh, in Lincoln too, where I'm from. Yeah. It's just like when we talk about culture, we're, we're talking about kind of like a dynamic. Like in a certain in area. In a certain area. Yeah. Now culture and society has kind of changed a lot because of online, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, because uh, you're getting culture from Utah pretty easily because you're just, if you're sitting on your phone on social media, there's a whole bubble there, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of the first thing that I think of, especially when people say, well, it's just the church culture that yeah. stinks, you know? So I think that can mean a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So here's what I want to ask you is like, why do you think that that gets under people's skin so much? Like, why do you think it bothers people so much? Like maybe their own culture. I think it probably boils down to them having an experience that left a sour taste in their mouth. Right. Or there are a lot of voices in the world telling them that the church is wrong and evil. And so they start looking for faults in everything right does that make sense yeah so like you'll be sitting down in a sacrament meeting and you start nitpicking at the bishop at the chorister at the way the sacrament is administered and when you look for flaws like you're gonna find them (laughs) yeah you know exactly no one's perfect but it comes back to the the scripture of like how can you tell your brother that he what has what is that? The scripture. It's like, oh, why would you tell your brother off for having like something in his foot when you have a mo oh, in your eye? Oh, yep, yep. You can f- look for faults all you want, but when your finger is pointing outward, you know, you still have three fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> right, right. I don't know what like a mo, like not to really fully pick apart that, but like, I don't know what that actually is, but I think I remember talking about it one time it was like, It'd be like a really big disturbance. Yeah. Like the Lord was kind of basically trying to say like, how could you, you know, basically say to your brother, like, hey, you don't, you can't see anything when you've mm-hmm. got a blindfold on. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. Um, Like that would just be ridiculous for you yeah. to say. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of making a comparison there. Yeah. You know? But so, so it, it, it is interesting because it's like oftentimes we are trying to put blame on other people, yes. right? Mm-hmm. This happens a lot. Like this happened to me. Like I went on a mission, went home to my home ward and uh, got to be around some of my youth leaders and started to realize like some of the imperfections mm-hmm. because I had new glasses on kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Yeah. And um, I didn't have any, like it, it was kind of an eye-opening experience. I didn't have any frustration because the the thing that 
you think is like, well, they were just trying their best. And like, you know, what if it was just given to me just to run this whole ward? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like right now, like I'm not perfect. Does that mean that the church should suffer because of that? Like people should leave mm-hmm. because I have problems, you know? And, mm-hmm. and you want to try to be more like Christ. You encourage people to come, but that happens a lot. Like people leave because of other people. Yeah. Well, and I will say that they're, to dive into maybe the more negative parts of church culture, quote unquote. Yes. There has become this sort of like tattletale pointing out flaws, pointing out sin, people feeling better than other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that that is like something that's encouraged by the church. I think that could happen in any organization. Right. You know? Right. It's just this holier-than-thou mentality. Yeah. And you don't find that everywhere. I'm not saying that that's like inherently part of church culture. I'm saying that that's something that would leave a sour taste in someone's mouth. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that's interesting. Is like that's not a direct result of somebody intently listening to the prophets and apostles. Mm. That's a result of somebody living in the church and learning about sin and what the results are and thinking to its logical end. Yeah. You know, thinking about like, oh, well, you know, where's the line? Um, or or like, okay, I'm doing this, but like not doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also thinking I want to be helpful. And so I'm going to make sure people know that this is a sin <laughs> or, yeah. or like this. I saw that this behavior of somebody led to this outcome, how much evidence do you have on that? That's an mm-hmm. anecdotal piece of evidence that might have just not as been as helpful. Yeah. Um, just saying like, because this person smoked a cigarette once, he smoked for the rest of, <laughs> rest of his life. And that always happens. It's like, I, I've heard stories of people who smoked a cigarette once and they said, that means that I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. it sucked. Because it was awful. You know, and, and not saying go smoke a cigarette. I'm just saying like, it's not always true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think when... People are so stuck in that mentality. They they haven't really dove into the gospel. They're so focused on applications and surface level, the yes. to-do list, the checklist of how to be a good member of the church. Right. This like, okay, I do X, Y, and Z. What are all the commands? You can only yeah. do, there, there's only one checklist commandment and that's tithing, which is awesome. It's yeah. one you could be perfect at doing. But anyway. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Um, but I feel like if you really have your heart and sight set on Christ and you are really paying attention to what the prophet is saying, yeah, like you are going to be so enveloped in God's love and focused on that feeling and growing closer to God that you're not going to look around at your neighbor and finger point and be like, oh, did you see so-and-so? You're not going to feel the need to be gossipy. Right. Because that's it's not going to matter to you. Exactly. Exactly. Kiana's bringing up a really good point, and I want to hone in on this, and she's been kind of saying this a lot, is look to yourself. Yeah. Like, don't just look inward selfishly, but, but look at what you're doing and uh, just think about, and you don't have to do a lot of comparisons. Like, that's not what we're saying. We're, like, don't compare yourself to somebody else. What you need to do is just say like, hey, look, I am not perfect. And so I should have a more loving heart mm-hmm. because that's what I need. Mm-hmm. I need charity. So I should give charity. Yeah. 
And if you listen to the apostles, the prophets, they're all saying this. Yeah. They're saying it over and over. And sometimes we're not receiving it that way, Mm -hmm. but they're always, always saying it. Yeah. Well, and it's just like with, um, prophet Nelson's talk on being a peacemaker. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you know, if that elder came home early from his mission, he doesn't need the whole ward talking about it and gossiping about it. It's no one else's business. Yeah. And you know what? I, this was really cool. In one of my classes uh, in Elders Quorum a while ago, the teacher shared an experience about, and I think I might have shared this before, but I'll share it again. His sister came home early from her mission because she needed to resolve some things at home that she didn't do before she went, that she should have. Uh, that That was related to sin. I don't really know what was going on. And this brother, he just spent, class talking about how proud he was of his sister for making this decision to come home Mm -hmm. and to make things right. And I thought, wow, that's an amazing conversation to have because it kind of turns your heart a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you look at that person as like not somebody who has an obligation to go out and be righteous and only be righteous. And if they don't, they, they failed and we should judge them. Right. You look at them as someone who also needs Christ, mm-hmm. who also needs help. And um, in that way, she was able to help other people. She shared her story and, yeah. and helped some other missionaries too. So it's like, there's always ways to minister, especially when we have sin. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I think could be added to our culture. I would say that is a hard part of our culture that does need some you know, smoothing out mm-hmm. across the church. Yeah. Just thinking about like the good aspects, I guess. Yeah. The positives. Where else on earth are you going to find an organization that the second you move in and have your records brought to your area's church, that there's going to be someone at your doorstep making sure that you're all moved in. If you need any help, there's going to be people offering meals. Yeah. There's going to be people offering to babysit your kids. Like church culture, I would say is service culture. Yes. It's, yes. Oh, you just had a baby. Like, what can we do to help? Let's start a meal train for this person. It's praying over the members of your congregation. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I wanted to say this, this was my controversial thought to <laughs> the, it's, it's not the, the church is the, it's the church culture. Mm-hmm. I think church culture is amazing. And that's my feeling on it, yeah. honestly. I Look, we as people being surrounded by each other, we just get sick of each other sometimes. Yeah. That's just natural. <laughs> that I don't care where you are. That's just culture. Yeah. That's what we, you know, like culture comes with its, its ups and its downs. Mm-hmm. But church culture in particular is incredible. Like wherever you go, it's going to be the same pretty much. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking. Um, but what other church brings in so many different cultures. I'm talking about races, mm-hmm. uh, uh, different ethnicities that that are here. To, they like enrich the cultures. And then also different people who are rich and poor, different demographics, people with lots of different experiences, people who came from other churches even sometimes come and they enrich the culture. Now I'm not saying like, okay, if you're not a member of the church, you know, like, 
your church culture is not as good. I'm impartial because I'm a member of this church. So just take it that way. But the same could be said about like your church as well. Generally speaking, Christian churches have this ability to bring a lot of diverse people Mm -hmm. together. And that is amazing. And on top of that, going with what Kiana just said, is that you are in an environment that's so service oriented and filled with really good intentions, Mm -hmm. right? Not every ward is the same. Sometimes you don't get as warm of a welcome, uh, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, that's what is encouraged. Yeah. And so, like, I think that the, the culture is really amazing and has some rough spots because we're human. Yeah. And that's something that we talked about in my child's family and advocacy class. It's, it's that people shape culture and culture shapes people. So if there's something about church culture in your area that you don't like, I hate to say it, but the change starts with you. Yeah. <laughs> like if there's something that you want to see be like happening within church culture in your ward, in your stake, yeah. it has to start with you. It's like the Michael Jackson song. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll get off. <laughs> I just 100% agree with that. I mean, like if, if you're like, oh, people don't say hi to me, then go say hi. Yeah. Because guess what? Then in a few weeks, people are going to all be saying hi to you because you're approachable. Yeah. You're the person who got the guts to you know mm-hmm. i mean like imagine like you go to a ward and like who knows they have most of them might be introverts and you just don't yeah. know it. i will say speaking for us we are in a student married ward which yeah. is a very like a new experience for us yeah and there's always people moving in and out and i think when you are new moving into a ward and you don't know who else is new or who has been there for like the longest time, you know, you kind of wait for the people that have been in the ward to come say hi, but guess what? They can't keep track of everyone who's moving in and out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they might be thinking like, Oh, is that someone who just moved in and I don't realize? Yeah. Or or like, is that someone who's been here for a while and I don't realize? And they're like, Oh, it'd be awkward if I introduce myself and I already have, or, you know, so it's like, it's good for you to take a step. Just be like, say hi to one person yeah just set a goal or if you're like no one sat next to me go sit next to someone else yeah okay so i i love this discussion i want to uh move on to a different kind of topic within this though yeah what do we do about the individual members who actually really do just give you a hard time oh that's a good question i actually have a story for this yeah go ahead so And this is maybe kind of a not bad story to share because it was a bishop that I had trouble with. Oh, okay, yeah. So I went to this bishop and shared a very um, personal, very hard experience here up at college. Um, And I had him turn the finger on me and say like, oh, if you had had the spirit with you, this bad thing wouldn't have happened to you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was like earth shattering. Cause I came in expecting like love and seeking help on how to forgive someone who had wronged me. Right. And instead it was like, Oh, well you did a bad thing, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I think you have to look at where people are coming from. Right. 
ultimately I was able to take a step back and see that he was coming from a very protective standpoint, kind of like a dad. Yeah. And he saw a daughter of God hurting and he wants to protect daughters of God. Right. And, and so he was like, he was like, here's like, advice have, for next. Time. Yeah. He's like, you have to protect yourself. You have to shield yourself. So I, that would be what I would say is to take a step back and understand that people have such a different perspective, such a different life experience from you. And there's a right. reason why they are acting the way they are. Right. And if that's causing conflict, you can talk to them about it. You can open that door. Yeah. Yeah. And discuss your differences and come to a compromise. Yeah, that's that's totally true. That was a really good example cuz that that I mean that is what people really struggle with. Some people leave the church over uh stuff like that, but it's good mm-hmm. to recognize like, you know what? I just had a difficult experience with one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, who's called uh who's probably helped a lot of other people, who's actually probably said a lot of other things. He might have even gone home and thought like I should not have told yeah. that girl that thing because you know, like sometimes you say stuff in the moment you're like, you're like, oh, that was like, I, that was not right. Or I Mm -hmm. didn't feel right. So maybe he learned from that. Yeah. Right. And uh, maybe you learned from that too. And and that's kind of part of the experience. Now I have a story to share. Oh, okay. Um, this one's a little bit like not as harsh, but if this was like when I was a teacher, so that's about like 14 years old, I was like Mm -hmm. 13, 14 years old. Got a Sunday school teacher. This is back when we had three hours of church <laughs> on Sunday. Back in the day. Back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Just kidding. Uh, I'm not that old. We had a new teacher. We'd not, None of us had ever seen him before. And it was because he was less active. Mm. So he hadn't been coming to church. And someone reached out to him and gave him a calling. <laughs> and he accepted it. That's awesome. And so he came. And this is his first lesson. He says, I can answer any question that you have about the gospel and we're like oh okay where are the three nephites or where's john and he looked at us and he was like that's not pertinent to your salvation young men and i was like wow he can't answer any question because he has the answer that trumps all so the same teacher it was fun you know we got a good relationship but the same teacher man he would have anger outbursts and stuff all the time mm-hmm. uh, because we were just so frustrating, right? Teenage but, boys. Yeah. So it. So at first it was like, oh, this was kind of like hard. But then when we come back in another week, he said, hey, guys, last week, I just want to say I'm sorry. You know, and he said, I'm just trying to be active and good in the church, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that was powerful. Yeah. You know, and so it was like, it just taught me people are really imperfect. Mm-hmm. and uh, they're just uh, they're on the road to salvation just as much as any of us are. It doesn't matter what their age is. You know, later on, uh, he became a bishopric member and always came up to me and was like, hey, Mike, how's it going? And, oh, cute. And uh, always loved being with him, but he taught me so much because of his example of trying. Yeah. So that was kind of a more lighthearted example, but it was also like I had to deal with it by keeping on coming back because mm-hmm. some people did get offended and, you know, they wouldn't show up a week to later. To his class. Yeah, or they wouldn't show up to his class. They'd roam the halls or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we showed up, he would always try to make amends. Yeah. And uh, and I think that at least most of the people, if, you know, if not all didn't go, I don't think anyone really went less active, but mm-hmm. I knew it was hard for some people. Totally. That was a really good story. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, uh, I'm going to share spiritual thought now. Yeah. Okay. 
So uh, this came from the Peacemakers Needed. I know we always go back to this talk, but it was... It is so good. It, it's been running our lives. We just love that talk so much. And we always want to bring it, bring it back. So this is like a quote from like after he'd talked about like making president peace. Nelson, president Nelson. Yeah. yeah. The prophet, he was talking about like coming to Christ, bringing peace, mm-hmm. not causing contention in the home. And then he said this, at this point, you may be thinking that this message would really help someone, you know, <laughs> perhaps you are hoping that it will help him or her to be nicer to you. I hope it will. <laughs> But I also hope that you will look deeply into your heart to see if there are shards of pride or jealousy that prevent you from becoming a peacemaker. And I just love that because he was just reminding us, he's like, this is a great message, but stop thinking, stop pushing it onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. Take it on yourself. Starts with you. It starts with you. I love that. That's so good. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. We're so glad that you guys were here. Um, If you want to follow along for some more fun content, we post regularly on Instagram at the Perfectly Honest Podcast. And we will link below in the show notes our website and opportunities for advertisements. Yeah, so check those. Check the show notes. Uh, We got links there. We're really trying to grow as much as we can. So that would be really helpful because we want to have this be um, sustainable for us so we can help more people. That's all. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.